My rowdy ass dogs and Fran and I would like to welcome you to another Zoom 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 edition of RVA Turt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Oh, her mania. So, so mania. So many manias. Yeah. I think I'm going crazy. Oh, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. He's very angry right now. I swear. Ah, the perks of uh, recording at home on Zoom instead of yes. in studio. We always have unexpected guests, but it's cool because it's life. And, um, you know, yeah, it is what it is. We're relatable, Francesca. Yes, that's it. Relatable. We're like the people that, you know, your next door neighbors, except for I ain't borrowing no sugar from you. No, don't. Not now. No, COVID, COVID times. Coronavirus! No, we don't know. We don't know if you coughed on that, breathed in it. You probably did. You're I mean, you know, I don't bother stuff with people anyway because people don't like to wash their hands even before COVID. So isn't that amazing? So yeah. I grew up in a house with somebody who is, well, let's say a germaphobe. She is, and um, you know, washing hands. Yeah, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> washing hands is really a paramount. Uh, when I was growing up, so you know, that carried over into my adult life. So. I'm just going to stick with that. And y'all are going to shut the- <laughs> This is like a lot. They're like, yeah, we're going to, we're wrecking shop right now. They're like, we want to co-host. Yeah. So I'm the doggy dugger mom. I have way too many dogs and they just want to be part of the show. But anyway, it's wonderful to see you, Fran. Yes, it is. How are you? Um, <laughs> well, except for the, you know, the illegal dog fights, apparently that I'm having. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm calling somebody about this. When we air, it will be the hour before Joe Biden and Mamala are inaugurated, so... You sit on a throne of lies. This episode was recorded on January 19th, but due to technical difficulties and nobody giving a poop because of Joe Biden's inauguration, it is airing a week later. You will get over it. It's an exciting day. We get a new president. We did it. We did it, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States. <laughs> na, 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 boo, boo, you gotta go. Finally, do this. Get the <laughs> out. <laughs> you gotta go. Gotta go, oh. gotta go, gotta go right now. I know that things will not be perfect right off the bat, but what a breath of fresh air. What a relief. Right. Just yeah. a relief. I don't know if this was disturbing to you, but the blatant mm. white supremacy in the White House uh, yeah, the yeah. past five years, uh, four years has been really disturbing. Five years. I feel, I mean, mm. 500 years. I mean, it's I been mean, a really long ass time. Well, I mean, it was creeping up and surrounding the White House even for the eight years prior to that, because there was a black man in there, God forbid. And that, it, it was just like, they were like, oh, oh, hell no, we're not. Yeah, no, we ain't doing that again. And so it was just like, we got the polar opposite. And 
here we are. You know, we know we know Biden's not perfect, but uh, we're going to take what we got and we're going to roll with it. I'm trying to, uh, for the first time in four years, really rule with optimism because really what else do we have? We've been through a pandemic now. We've been through a white supremacist president. Yeah. We had through- a group of delusional people scale the walls of the Capitol. Some people carrying Confederate flags, Trump and Jesus flags. And Trump is Jesus flag really just threw me for a loop. Horn hat. That's the QAnon shaman. <laughs> what? And I mean, just every, it was just like the clash of the mismatched titans. It was like the Proud Boys, the Boogaloo. Had the Boogs out there. Yep. I the, mean, the Hillbillies, the Y'all Kata. Super, the super, super, super. Super right-wing conservative, panty loafer wearing. I mean, they just converged together and were like, we're going to have a meeting. And this meeting, we're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to steal it back. We're going to steal something that never was stolen from us, that we actually stole from the beginning, that never belonged to us in the first place. Oh my goodness. In what reality... Does this make any sense? Did you ever, when you were growing up, I mean, I don't know. Everybody says, you should have seen this coming. You should have seen this coming. I agree. You should have. I should have. But when I was a kid, idealistic, I never thought, Hmm. I never thought we would see this level of malarkey. Politicians calling on neo-Confederates, Nazis, et cetera, Hmm. to storm the Capitol building and, you know, bring zip ties and- And as more time, yes, as more time goes on, more information comes out and more stuff from these chats that were called from Parler, which (laughs) Parler's like play school's my first Twitter platform. They were so stupid. They had everybody's information. Like hackers were able to get everything, everything, all the deleted messages, everything. Mm -hmm. So now these people are screwed, which great. It's a beautiful thing to watch all of these insurrectionists get arrested. But the fact that it took this for people to really pay attention to the threat that is white nationalist terrorism, shame on y'all. Well, my, my, here's, but you know, with all of that, here's the thing that's kind of, it's, I'm going to say tickling, but it's not tickling. I just want everybody to remember that just this past summer, just a couple months ago, just a few short moons ago, (laughs) they were protesting saying that just demanding that the police and just white people in general just stop <laughs> black people up just leave black people alone right just stop just acknowledge that our society just that systemic racism exists and it is everywhere and it's a thing and you know we tried kneeling and you had these same people that were like how dare you disrespect the flag and disrespect the anthem and these same people took the flag that you can't disrespect and you can't you know and they beat the blue lives matter cops they beat their asses with the flag the flag and a fire in the capital they beat that they beat the cops asses with i'm trying to figure out how when when did this become what part of what part of, of, of I, I don't think I've read this part in my in my mental health studies book. Like I don't think <laughs> I got to this section. I didn't get there. It was the part I missed. And I'm I'm just trying to figure out how. So for a whole I mean this let's just flash back here. 
because that's really how we really if we were if we're if we're really thinking back to like how we really got together and like how we started on our path. Yeah, but like think back to those first like Freddie Gray and those first heavily national publicized murders of black men and women that were murdered by the police for like nothing, just being black. And we said we're gonna kneel, right? And these white folks said, that's not, that's unpatriotic. Mm-hmm. And those same folks, like from those same circles, gathered up in their in their cowboy boots and jumped in their big gas trucks and hightailed it to the Capitol and converged and were like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to take this back because we, y'all, there's a guy that's a clip of this guy saying, y'all did this to us. Y'all made us do this. And those same, that's all I could think of. Shit I'm voting. Every time I see that shit because yeah, every time, this <laughs> pisses me off every time I see it because we have black people in the streets going, y'all have done this to us for 400 years. And all we're asking for is to live. That's it. Just in peace. Like, can we walk without getting murdered? Can we eat without getting murdered? Take a jog without getting murdered. Drive without getting murdered. You know, like any of these things, like ride a bus without getting murdered. Like, it, just just be black and just live. And the answer is no, because we're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not always the police. Like, sometimes it's a law-abiding, nosy citizen mm-hmm. that haunts you down, right? And it's like, seriously? But these are the same people that were like, said a concocted lie. And that people should tell you how powerful social media and narratives are. That when you see foolishness, that's why you got to call this out. Like, people... People are out, out here leaving and lying and calling a, a duck is a duck is a duck. And when <laughs> ain't right and that <laughs> don't look right, don't smell right, and it ain't right. And people are weaving these narratives and all this stuff. And <laughs> is not known. It, these are people weaving <laughs> to make it look a certain way when it ain't a certain way. And they want you to sway, push, move, maneuver, and, and, Skip to their loop, and that's just not even no, like no, because this is this is why it's so important to call that out when these these social media narratives are woven and consistently these messages are consistently driven to people, and people fall into these deep silos of the same messaging over and over again of you know this oh I'm I'm you're getting truth telling no you're getting silos of the same messaging from the same people with, and nobody's a, a, a thinker. Nobody's, there's no critical thinking in any of this. You know, there's no factual anything in any of this. You're getting fed a bunch of theoretical nonsense, right? Um, that sounds really, really good, right? And it's like, man, this is what happened. Like, and there, there definitely is, extremists on both sides and this is what happens when you find these extreme messages and they're just left to just fly out there these people have they believe this (laughs) they believe it they will sit on the computer for hours and do what they call research into these conspiracy theories and this is how we get pizzagate you know and then it leads up to this that's straight up 
insurrection. This hasn't happened. Nobody's breached the Capitol like this since 1812. But but I can't kneel. The boldness. God forbid. I can't. Like, it, is, it is. This is the, you know that meme? And it's like, I can't, it's like a 1980s. It's like a spin off of a, like a 1980s like advertisement. And it's like the audacity of the caucasity. Like this is the embodiment if that meme was a movement, this is it. The, the, the audacity of the caucasian this, 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 this is it. Because you literally had people saying, no, oh my God, no protesting. Y'all should go home, go sit down, no kneeling. That is terrible. It's disrespectful. Oh my God, we can't believe y'all are doing that. I mean, they literally tried to ruin a man, ruin the man's career, football career, because he had the audacity to kneel, which is a silent, symbolic message about, yo, stop killing innocent Black folks. And y'all concocted, y'all literally got people killed and hurt people. <laughs> and staged, and tried to stage an entire political coup. Killed your own. Well, got your own people killed like all these people that you say are heroes like a police officer died because of a freaking fire Honey, all that <laughs> is lies. it was never blue lives matter no it of course not anything but y'all's black ass lives okay? well that's the anything thing that. for them it's like you know they will just eat each other alive it doesn't matter there's no loyalty whatsoever this is where i get the pleasure of inserting audio of white people getting arrested <coughs> and scream and screaming out you're treating me like black people which i can't when i heard that it was the highlight of my day because i knew <laughs> I, I knew i would get to use it on the show <laughs> You can't arrest me. I'm not being arrested. I don't want your and hand I'm on me. You, You're violating my personhood. I have my First Amendment right. Stop it. Put your arms back. Stop resisting. Let go. I am not under arrest. Leave me alone. Um, I don't, I haven't done anything wrong. You're assaulting my personhood. You're stealing my purse. Right. I, I want, I want you, shame on you. I, I want to really use that the next time a man touches me inappropriately. And I really hope that it's a white man. I, I'm holding that really close. And I, I do not wish upon myself that a white man. No, God, no. But I'm holding on that in the case that it does happen, that I have the gumption and set of mind to say, you're assaulting my personhood. My personhood. Because you don't have gonna, the right. Yeah, that's going to make my day. That's going to make it all better. I promise. Have mercy. So, Fran, I have a assaulting question. Assaulting my personhood. I have a question mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. I, how do you feel about, after all of this, folks on Capitol Hill calling for unity in the face of everything that's going on? What does that make you feel like? You got your beat button ready? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shut up! Ow. Up with that <laughs> ass That is some dumb ass <laughs> Are you going to tell me to find some <laughs> in unity when for five, four, four, five, six, seven, as whole the whole history of the world, y'all been killing, raping, pillaging the whole 
world, stealing, killing, and destroying whatever the <laughs> you wanted, and when <laughs> don't go your way, now you want <laughs> unity. Next, uh, miss me with that shit. A whole <laughs> summer, we pleaded, please, 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 listen, please hear us. Now you said, if you don't hear us, fine, we're going to burn shit down if you can't hear us. Fine, now you see us, you can't avoid us. And, oh, no, you didn't <coughs> call for unity then. You didn't call for no unity no, no other time. But now because you want your, your damn election and you want this and you want, you feel like somebody's going to stole some fun. Now you want, oh, the president's going to get uh, uh, impeached twice, a whole bunch of motherfuckers <coughs> being uh, arrested and, and all this. And oh, now my <coughs> going down and... Oh, now, now you want some unity. Unity, my black ass, and bark at the hole. <laughs> That's how I feel I'm, about that. I'm glad I asked that question. That's how I feel about that. Got your beat button ready. Oh, it's ready. I figured this episode will be mostly commentary and boop. <laughs> and that's fine that's because. Look, we are. I know damn well. We are going through it. Like, this is real talk. You know, we have to be honest. We have to be, yeah, somebody needs to be honest. To it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, what are we looking forward to, though? I mean, you know, Inauguration Day isn't going to wipe away all the ills um, of the past few no, years. No, it's going to bring them to the surface. No, it's going to bring them to the surface. But what are we looking forward to? Like, what are we looking forward to? Joe Biden and Mamala um, will be inaugurated in, in the a, hour a, after this. A day. real COVID response. Yeah. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus! Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the cabinet that looks like America. I'm looking for a cabinet America. that's actually well-equipped, that, that actually has qualified uh, folks. Qualified people? Shocker. Like, yeah. what do you mean? You, you, should, you should know what you're doing to hold those positions? I mean, I hate that the bar is so low it's in hell at this point, but I mean... I'm I hope I'm glad that they've been intentional and they put so many black and brown people. But the bar was literally below hell that I didn't care who they were as long as they were qualified. We've had in there for the past four years has been so pitiful. There's so much work to be done. There's so much work to be done. You know, I'm thankful that Biden says on day one he's going to be sitting down and doing some executive orders, probably to reverse a lot of nonsense. But I mean, there's a ton of work. But I just feel like it's not perfect, but it it is sure is a breath of fresh air. Um, I feel a little bit of a relief, but I'm also a little trepidatious. I'm I'm afraid that these you know this the South really wants to rise again, or like the figurative South, because it's all over. It's not just down here. It's really all. And what's it going to take? What's it going to take? I don't know. I don't know. Glad to have that talk. <laughs> Do we want I don't, to? I don't know. I'd like to uh, bring it back around uh, to Virginia and let's talk about COVID a little bit here uh, because we've we've had some local COVID related headlines and issues that maybe we need to discuss or maybe people aren't really um, so clear on. And I do have the updated numbers for us. And it's not great. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we're like third from the bottom in the nation (laughs) of getting our vaccine out. And to me, that's a failure of our governor. And we need to get that out to people, especially our uh, marginalized, our black and brown communities, because those are the ones that are hit the hardest. It's really devastating. Yeah. Uh, right now in Virginia, our total cases are just over 451,000. Mm-hmm. 
That's a lot of people all around this weekend trying to get trying to get some some vaccines for some people, and it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, and in Richmond specifically, so far this week is uh, we have 113 new reported cases, with this is a seven day average of 139. Y'all, mask it or casket for real. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. Let me tell you again, tell you again. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. Don't be a dumbass. Uh, on today's Democracy Now, uh, so Tuesday, for those listening, mm-hmm. at the end, Amy Goodman said something that one of my volunteers at the station brought to my attention. And she said that wearing mm-hmm. a mask is an act of love, an act mm-hmm. of love for your community. And I think that if we thought about it that way, you know, but there's so little mm-hmm. love for your fellow man these days. But that's the way mm-hmm. I think of it. Every time I put one on, I'm protecting others. And that's mm-hmm to me and I would hope that within the sound of my voice and your voice that mm-hmm. we'll start to think of it that way too and just put it on just put it on it's mm-hmm. not it's not impinging on your personal freedoms there's nowhere in the constitution that says in the case of a global pandemic don't wear your mask because your rights are being um, infringed upon they're not my right to life and liberty and health and happiness is the same as yours and if you're dead from COVID-19, you can't enjoy it. Right. Also, and let's talk about this. I mean, we're no medical experts, but you know, you and I pay attention and we listen to mm-hmm. the knowledge of experts and what's out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for those who have survived, which is for the most part, everyone who gets it, you know, it's, it's a large percentage of folks that survive it, but there are residual mm-hmm. effects that last for a long time. We don't even know how long. Right. And it's not pleasant. This isn't just the flu. Um, the flu doesn't restrict your respiratory system for months and months after yeah. covered. No. It doesn't cause random blood clots in your lungs. No. If you, I'm telling you, watching a video of somebody suffering alone in the hospital, gurgling and choking on their own fluid, if you watch mm. that, it will change you. And you'll put that mask on every time you walk out the door i'm saying watch it i don't care if you have a weak stomach a weak heart or whatever i do i'm i'm so tender-hearted but i watched it because i knew that i wouldn't get the full impact unless i saw it mm-hmm. change my life change my mm-hmm. life. mask it or casket it's no joke it's yeah real. no joke and you can't just say oh well i hate twitter i love twitter but i hate twitter uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, well, only folks with comorbidities are really at risk. So they deserve to die. So, uh, yeah, so granny and auntie with diabetes or immunodeficiencies, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you want to protect and them? The black and brown Latino at risk community, because we're more likely to have, anyway, am I? It's not healthy. Here we the conspiracy theories. It's not healthy to perpetuate conspiracy theories and not under, look, Okay, white lady privilege check. I understand. 
that black and brown communities have a horrible history and a deep rightfully so distrust of white medicine Mm -hmm. we have every right to question right white medicine because they've perpetuated lies and and plenty of of mistreatment on our communities forever forever much 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 of black much of white medicine research has has been built off of the blacks of off of the backs of of uh lacks of misuse and mistreatment of black bodies so yeah go back and and listen to our well bodies uh at bcu episode with dr sean utzi and you will fully understand yeah but we cannot afford those communities cannot afford to have anti-vaxxer conspiracy theories perpetuated here actual Mm -hmm. lives are on the line and yes the vaccine is new but there are trials the trials are good the folks that are getting the vaccine are not dropping dead Hmm. and what i think i think what's really important too that's important when we have context in it this is something that's important. We had a um, city council person. I mean, we've, we've had new, our new city council people have just been, and, and school board members have just been elected. I feel like now they've officially been in office, what, 20 minutes, it feels like. A right? whole 20 brand minutes. New. Welcome. Right. Fresh know, baby right? members. Brand new. Yes. And one of our city council members who's new has made a fresh new start to the city, introduction to the city, by making the evening news, Right for having uh, anti-vaxxer uh, tweets on Twitter. And, you know, what was, I think, presented as, as supposedly a, um, an innocent, you know, conversation starter. I, I wanted to create a uh, conversation or open-ended conversation or dialogue, which is what was related to me. But we just have to be careful with that as elected officials and as not to, and especially as people of color, um, around topics like that, we just have to be aware of the context. That Anybody with a platform, but especially elected yeah. officials. Yeah, um, because it, it, especially understanding the communities that you're in and also just in this time, what, what did we just finish talking about? The messages that are perpetuated on social media emboldened an entire a demographic of people to believe lies that were totally unfounded, right? Because despite the facts being out there, available, and readily available, the misinformation and uh, absolutely twisted narratives that were were spun. And, and, you know, we talk about, you know, my grandma used to say to every lie, there's two ounces of the truth, right? And, and that's true, you know, to, to every lie there is always two ounces of truth. It's really easy, right, for us to find plenty of reasons why we shouldn't believe or trust. the and, and for many people, they may choose not to get the vaccine for whatever reason. But when you're an elected official and you're choosing to have an open-ended conversation like that, you have to understand um it's also your responsibility to open that conversation up and provide factual data whether it's supporting or against or whatever the case may be so that people can educate themselves and have access to the information so that they can educate themselves and not perpetuate conspiracy in those same neighborhoods that are within that same district uh, where that council person was there were facebook conversations that were happening where 
we had members of um, housing communities that were refusing to actually get COVID testing, free city-sponsored COVID testing um, earlier this summer um, and then in the fall, this past fall, because there were people saying, oh, the city, they're, they're, they're using the COVID test to steal your DNA, right? So don't get the COVID test, they're, it's a trick, right? And so you have people that, that denied themselves of getting the proper testing that they needed to find out if they were okay, which helped with you know contact tracing and all these other things, which would cut down on the COVID numbers and, and spread and things like that. Again, conspiracy theories and things like that have nothing to do with the real issue at hand. But when these things are allowed to fester, right, and not talked about with, with facts, that's what happens. They grow and they grow and they, they spread. And that's, I think that's why what we saw last week with um, the Capitol, you know, it, it, emboldened, it emboldened people to make these types of, of wild, you know, things, right? And, but at the same time, um, we also saw Facebook finally, right? And Twitter and all these other things, they deleted so much of that. It's why did it take this long, right? to say this is information that's founded on non-factual, like is, is lies, right? And so they started removing a lot of this stuff and taking this stuff down. So it just shows, it just goes back to, to show what I said, you know, it, a lot of the information that you've come across, you've gotta be, do your due diligence to be smart enough to figure out that every, uh, Source may not always be a trust a trustable source, and every you know piece of information that you come across or come by, if if they haven't proven themselves to be valuable and trustworthy, it may not always be someone that you should give your um, your attention to because there are a lot of people out here who deliberately set out to mislead, misguide and you know uh curate the narrative in the way that they see forms or see fit to to fit their agenda and you know agendas agendas are what they are you know they're not they're not always at the will of the people so yeah and you know we're not uh we're not bringing this stuff up or talking about this to shame anyone we're doing this because we want people to live yeah. Um, we want people to be healthy and have the the best information, the most up-to-date information possible. If you're having trouble getting it or you want some links and maybe you don't know where to go or whatever, just hit us up at RVA Dirt across all social media. We will help you. Like this is my personal mission right now is to help people understand mm-hmm. the effects of COVID and maybe not be afraid of the vaccine. Like, let's talk about it. Um, there are a lot of experts um, in this town that are willing and their their social media doors are wide open to ask questions. Yeah, ask. Um, let's and, ask questions about and it. Just, I mean, 
because I understand this is big, scary. Like this is big, scary. It, it doesn't ever feel like it's going yeah. away, but we have to, we have to abide by the protocols of social distancing and masks and, and staying mm-hmm. at home and washing hands, etc. But also if you are, if your tier comes up, if you're, you know, your area like 1A, 1B, 1C, whatever comes up, a vaccine is available to you. Please, please strongly consider getting that. Yeah, um, I had a teacher call please. me the other day and she said, I'm, I'm, um, I'm you know, I'm, I'm coming up and it's time for me to probably go get it pretty soon. And because of medication that I've taken in the past, I fall in the uh, at-risk population that could very well suffer from the, the known side effects that, that is known to, to not be good what I don't know what to do and I said this is when you know this is this is what the education and the data is for so this is when you have to make the decision that's best for you and so maybe the the vaccine won't be the best fit for everybody for everyone but this is when you have to that's why you have to understand and know what it is and you have to do the research and figure out what it is but you again you have to educate yourself and it won't be, you know, we may not be able to answer all the questions. You may not find 100% of the answers that you're looking for, but you also, my, my thing is, you know, we're a few steps closer or a few steps away from where we started with, you know, where we were when COVID was just taking us out. And so if we can figure out something that works for most of us, and protect a greater majority of us and still mask up to protect those that won't be able to take the the vaccine yeah great great you know but we just can't we we just can't have you know the anti-maskers showing up at trader joe's trying to you know make a scene just because you want to shop and call the scene because you don't want to wear your mask like go to hell the other day during the <laughs> the other day during the lunch and learn with the VCU uh, pharmacy folks, uh, they did say that if the best person to ask, obviously, is your primary care physician. But if you don't have one, because I asked them, if you don't have one, mm-hmm. you can walk up into any pharmacy, CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Kroger, mm-hmm. Target, wherever, and ask the mm-hmm. pharmacist your questions. <clears throat> they are being yeah. trained to talk about this. Awesome. So please, please ask the questions, but like, don't, don't fan the flames of conspiracy right now. Um, using hashtag vaccine truth is dangerous. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So and we want, we want that, we want that, that group, I mean, that um, uh, city council person to know, like, you know, she's, she's, she's only been in office a hot second and, um, you know, she's, it's it's different it's rough because and it's not like she's media. a career politician uh, you know they're, no. not, they're not a career no, politician so you know we're all learning together right we're learning together and yep. we're all here to help each other it's not about shame but no say, but tweets are forever gotta... <laughs> tweets are forever whether you delete them or not they're forever and they will <laughs> follow you so let's just let's be smart speaking of deleting Deleting. 
Yes. You know, that's another, that's another thing. So when your constituents reach out to you and there's, especially when we have hot topics and things are being talked about and your constituents are trying to talk to you and try to reach out to you and you feel like you don't want to, or, or, or the topic that they may be talking about is something that you can't speak on for whatever reason or what have you, might not be a good idea to delete the thread. Oh, um, because it's commentary is that's a bad look yeah yeah and so I think a lot of our we've got a, a new class of and the, the person that did this was on school board but you know we've had a new class of and, they, and they're not a new new to politics actually they've been on the board before but the new we've got a new class or new you know like I said they, they literally been in office for 20 minutes right um new class of politicians and i think we all have been locked up in the house so long right that we've all started using social media very differently than we have before mm-hmm. i've been saying this for a while facebook is actually ruining your life right yeah i'd agree but with that i would very much so just say that we've all got to be just a little bit more careful about how we are executing some of these movements on social media because right now people don't have anything to really do. People are not moving around. They don't have, you know, they ain't got nowhere to go. They ain't got no job. They ain't got people nowhere to go, nothing to do. It's Friday, you know, right? That was a movie quote. Chill out, people. Chill out, folks. But, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it, it, you know, people, people literally have a lot more time focus on this stuff and a lot more people are engaging using social media and it rides a little heavier now than it probably has in a while and it's also social media even though this is not the same politics game of 2005 or even 2010 so people have got to be very strategic about a lot more strategic than they have been already about how they are using social media in their political realm as an elected official, because some of these some of these moves are are not going to be they're setting the stage early, <laughs> first first month in, right? For some very hard takes to what it's going to look like for the rest of their um, rest of their term, and we just don't want people to box themselves into corners with constituents when it's unnecessary just just be more be a little bit more careful yeah with some of the moves that you're making on social media man and also though you know really in the past four years folks have become a lot more engaged through social media as well as just i mean in general with their local government here in richmond and so folks Mm -hmm. are paying attention and when they say they want accountability they mean it And Mm -hmm. so when you alter or remove the words of your constituents who are giving you their honest Mm -hmm. opinion, their ask of you as their elected official, it's not, it's not accountability and transparency when you, when you remove that, alter it, take it away, let it be there, let it stay Mm -hmm. and either answer for it or don't. But, you know, when you are elected and I think over the years, over the decades, our elected officials have definitely forgotten this. You are the voice of the people, not your own mm-hmm. agenda. 
And mm -hmm. so if the vast majority of the constituents that you're hearing from would like you to vote one way, I mean, unless it's absolutely 100% detrimental to progress, you might want to consider voting with your constituents. I, I don't know. Or, or talking to them and finding or out why. Just talking to it. Yeah, talking to them. Yeah, why they feel like that. And just yeah. because we can't have town halls or district meetings or whatever, we can do that. We can't do it in person, but we can do it online. Yeah. And you have that opportunity to reach out and really speak to them. Don't be afraid to do that. Like if you have been brave enough to run for elected office and win and hold that seat, you should be brave enough to look your constituents in the face and tell them why you want to vote a certain way. Well, and I think I think this is a unique situation for those of you of our listeners who are not maybe aware of what we're talking about. We're talking yeah, about Yeah, we are kind of vague booking. Um, yeah, no, well, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm about it. Let's talk about it. So what's happening right now actually is, is um board is kind of debating uh renewing uh Jason Cameron, which is the school board or the RPS superintendent's contract. And there's kind of a contingency between four years or two years or something or something in between or whatever. And so um, constituents have been reaching out to, I guess it's kind of been publicly made that there's some, you know, there's some school board members that are on a four year track, there's some that are on a two year track, there's some that are kind of on the side or in between. And so constituents have been reaching out, making it very known to their uh, representatives, like, hey, this is what I want. This is what we want. This is what I feel like. This is what da da da. And so, you know, some some have responded back with, you know, I'm still thinking, I'm not really sure, you know, or I'm unreachable. Whereas others, one in particular, Shonda responded back, I think, pretty consistently across the board with, Something that was very interesting to me, actually, the way that it was presented, discussing the matter, she said, was more or less a personnel issue. And so the contract itself, she was dealing, she, she wants to handle it as if it's a personnel matter. And so each, and I think she said something, it's not a direct quote, but I'm trying to get it as close as I can to it. Something to, along the lines of, you know, just like every other uh, RPS employee, uh, Jason Cameron deserves the dignity of, you know, privacy when these things are being discussed, so on and so forth. Um, which is why a lot of these, the, you know, salary things and things like that are discussed in closed session and so on and so forth. And I can totally understand where that type of answer comes from. That is a very political answer for this type of uh, discussion when you don't want to discuss, you know, where, where you are with it and what you want to talk about. Um, and I think, that, you know, she does not have to outwardly say if she doesn't want to reveal, hey, I, I want, this is where I'm going to vote, or so have you, because, you know, rightfully so, um, she's not going to, I mean, she's going to have to reveal it when she votes. So, I mean... It's right. Come out anyway. Can't can't stay secret. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's not vote anyway. Out. It's not vote in the meeting. But I think where that can kind of be not necessarily skirted, but I think what constituents wanted to hear from her was, you're new to the board, and you while you may, you know, be 
very uh, intimate with RPS and so on and so forth. Because she's not an RPS teacher, uh, FYI, but she's very intimate with RPS and so on and so forth. You, we want you to know how we feel because we don't know where you stand on these things because you're new to this board and this is something that's super important to the school district and to the super and the superintendent is this is big stuff and so we just really like to hear what you where you stand on this and so and and given here's another point too that i think people are missing there was a that race in that district was super close that's my district. Yes. It was like a hair's breadth. Okay. Three people. Three people. And so it was super close. So it's not as if she won it overwhelmingly and people, you know, like, so it's not as if there was a whole lot of people. There was like a sweeping race of support for her. And so everybody in the district knows her policies or knows how she feels about things either because you basically won it winning just over a third of the constituency that voted. Your so skin of your teeth, I, teeth, teeth. Yeah, I think that's really important to bring to point out as well when we're talking about this because, you know, this, this is just basic, this basic off of numbers here. You know, when people are calling and asking and saying, hey, this is what, this is, we want to talk to you about this or we just want to hear where you are on this. Um, what are you thinking? It may not necessarily be we want to sway your opinion or we want to um, tell you what to think. It may just be where you stand on this because we don't know because we may have been supporting somebody else or we don't know because we didn't hear from you because there were three people running and, you know, you, you literally won by just getting just a hair over a third of the vote of the constituents that came out to vote. And there wasn't a great deal of campaigning that, that happened either. No, um, and I mean, yeah, we had our forums and stuff, but there wasn't a whole lot, especially for school board. There didn't seem to be a whole mm -hmm. lot of, you know, virtual debate or forums for that. And so it really was kind of like a blind, well, that one. Yep. Uh, for some they people. they didn't talk about, and they did not talk about a lot about superintendent stuff. And so no. that, that did not come up. And so I think people are like, look, this has been a big change and this would be a big upset if we've or, or now we've, you know, this, you're the, you're the, um, you know, our representative and we're reaching out to you to talk to you, or we just want to hear where you are with this. And basically we get the door shut. We get right. like a, I'm not talking to you about this. So I think that might be a part of a lot of the frustration that people are feeling or hearing from in that district from Shonda. And, and that I think over time, I think I'm hoping that that's a, it's a, an, an issue specific thing. Um, and I think that she will, that won't carry over to other things. I'm hoping uh, because I, I know Shonda well and um, yeah, we Shonda's do. a great she's communicator. Been, yeah. She's been on the show yeah, many Shonda's times. A great communicator. Yeah. Shonda's a great communicator. Shonda talks, Shonda had, don't have no problem talking. So that's why I'm kind of like, this is very strange to me that she's not speaking up differently about this, which leads me to believe that either she genuinely feels like it's inappropriate to talk about this, which which then I would question. And, and I think I would push back on that and say, it, you can talk about why you feel like, or you can talk about how you feel about our, our superintendent without talking about how you plan to vote about this. And I think that's what constituents are looking to hear. 
and, and that would give them the insurance that, that they either need. Either you're, you, where you stand on this or you don't because they don't, many of them just don't know because that, that level of engagement just did not happen during the campaign. Right. And some, some folks might be like, well, why is this such a hot topic? Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic and these kids have already been through a lot of upheaval. These teachers have mm -hmm. been through a lot of upheaval. Mm -hmm. And so a major change like this, if you, if you offer this gentleman a two-year contract, you really, really run the risk of him saying deuces. And so that can cause really, this has a, a large wave of implications that come with whatever this vote is. And I would not want to be in the position that they're in right now, because I mean, it is a, it's a tough place to be, but they have to make that choice. And whether you want to reveal um, all your cards or not, listening to your constituents' concerns, questions, etc., mm -hmm. is of the mm -hmm. utmost importance. Yeah. Well, for me, I think, you know, I, I like Jason. I think he's done a great job. And, you know, I think what's really important. Nobody's not perfect. But. Yeah, nobody's perfect. I, you know, I, I've, I've, I, can't, I, I won't say what I think he needs to do better on because we're, we'll get dragged. <laughs> we'll get dragged for that, um, I'm sure. But, but yeah, I think he's done a great job and um, with a lot of things. And, one of the things that um, I think that Jason has done a great job with is prioritizing our students of color. And it's very rare that we find a superintendent that does that, that doesn't look like them. And yeah. that doesn't happen very often. Um, and what's also important to, and I, you know, I like, I like data, right? When we talk about the level of change that we, one set out to see and plan to see in the uh, strategic plan um, for RPS. And then we look at the effects of COVID and all these other things and the effects and the, the, the steady, you know, just plan and implementation that one he's had and he's done that's, that's a whole other list of things, right, um, of accomplishments that really has been stellar for the conditions that we've had. Um, and, and I, you know, he's great, right? But it helps when you have a fully funded budget, right? Let's just point oh, that out. Oh, it sure does. That helps. But it, it's also, I think, important to point out that when you ask somebody to produce the type of turnaround and the type of uh, data-driven, you know, like literally data-driven turnaround that that strategic plan that was set out for RPS, it, he's supposed to produce. I'm kind of wondering what type of magical carpet ride people expected him to take us on in even the last four years or in if they, especially if they give him, if they lock him down to two, what kind of super casual fried realistic ex-Caladocious that they think he's supposed to do to do it because he's the wizard of RPS uh, clearly
many of these things are not things that can even be produced or turned around in normal circumstances in a 24-month period. So I'm just wondering, and, and this is now we're talking about coming through, and we don't even know when this COVID situation is going to be like resolved, but I mean, let's just say, you know, we're, we're towards the end of it, right? Just even in a normal, a normal school year, a 24-month time turnaround is really not even a sufficient amount of time to really produce the level of steady growth pattern that you're talking about producing in the areas with the numbers and statistics that you gave, that you handed this man when he came in. So I think when you talk about that, that's, that's the part for me that's kind of like, yo, like, why, why y'all tripping? <laughs> Why y'all tripping? Why y'all tripping? Why y'all tripping? Why y'all tripping? Y'all tripping, man. Y'all tripping. Y'all need a net. Catch you. Y'all need a Snickers or something. Y'all tripping. So I don't know. I don't know. Y'all tripping. Snickers. Y'all need a Snickers or something. Y'all tripping. Because it's real common (laughs) sense to me. Like the, the, you know, but anyway, you know, I've I've just studied the strategic plan quite a bit and looked at the numbers. And, you know, I mean, we had, we had, people running for in the mayor in the mayoral race that were dragging the graduation race and and it's like no those that was an absolute lie justin he's lying this does not exist that was a lie like that's what i'm saying you've got to get to the facts look at the data if if you are looking at stuff from 2018 and before please tell me how that has any effect on your opinion of superintendent cameras looking or if you're looking at data from this year and or, or from actual data from this time period and you're not applying critical thinking like oh the graduation rates went down yeah because we, we put a stop to graduating people and and that that were getting diplomas that didn't meet the state requirements for these diplomas right why do you want of course to the rate is going to go down Right. Why do you want to give diplomas to folks who haven't, who kids who haven't earned it yet and need the extra help to actually get it legitimately? Meanwhile, we also still include our students that uh, matriculate out through death. They're included in the dropout rate as well. Yeah, that's you know, it's just like <laughs> all these statistics like count and it's like, yo, like, stop. Anyway. Facts matter. And on that note, Francesca, would you mind close, <laughs> closing us out? You damn skippy. <laughs> still has dirty water, sadly. And now does, as does New Jersey. RPS is fully funded. And if y'all don't give cameras another four years, we're going to be... <clears throat> up- Coronavirus! Creep. So if y'all need to figure that out, okay? Waiting on this magic carpet ride with somebody else is gonna be on some other nonsense, okay? And Richmond is most certainly still racist, and y'all saw they crawled from under every cupboard, nook, and cranny of this country and tried to take over the capital. So we definitely need to start working on that. Yeah. See you next week. Yay! <laughs> Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Stay at home. Wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> President, 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 President,
likes hip hop. <laughs> In the United States. <laughs> hey, 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 hey.